Uh, welcome back to Movie Trailer Reviews Podcast. Your host Chris here with Ro, and we are here to talk about the film The Hunger Games, the ballad of songbirds and snakes, because apparently we needed a Hunger Games prequel, because yes. Um, this film uh, experienced the story of The Hunger Games 64 years before Katniss Everdeen volunteered as tribute and decades before Cloroni, uh, Cloroni, how do you spell say his name? Cloroninus. No? How do you say it, bro? Man, just call him Cornelius. <laughs> Coco Snow? That's what I do. Coco I Snow? Call him, became... I call him Cornelius Snow. You want to call him Coco, we can call him Coco. Coco, Coco Snow became the tyrannical president of Panem. Uh, the Hunger Games Ballad of uh, Songbirds and Snakes follows a young Coco. <laughs> I'm going to call him Coco. <laughs> Mama didn't call him Coco. I'm going to call him Coco. Who was the last hope for his failing, uh, failing lineage, the once proud Snow family that has fallen upon Fallen from grace and power in post-war capital. With his livelihood threatened, Snow is reluctantly assigned to mentor Lucy Gray uh, Byard, a tribute from the impoverished District 12. Okay, I'm not reading all this. Uh, Rose saw this. I didn't. I actually... I don't don't know why. I I was scheduled to go see this. I decided that I remembered that I didn't give a shit about the Hunger Game. Uh, So I decided that I I wasn't going to go. Um, so Ro, tell us about this film. <laughs> um, ironically enough, it's based off the adaptation that uh for the book of the same name by uh Miss Collins. And it's darker than before. It's much darker than the Mocking J trilogy, and I think that's warranted. I actually Maybe it's because I saw this the same day that I saw Napoleon, and this was the second movie that I saw after Napoleon. I enjoyed this movie. I was pleasantly surprised, but I like this book. I, I I feel like some of the things where it was painfully obvious, at least to me, that the original trilogy was pulling from Asian films like Battle Royale and other places that it, it yanked from for its 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 heart and soul. When she had to sit down to figure out who was Cornelius Snow and how did he end up, how he got where he is, I, I felt like there was a bit more measured roundness and there was some depth. And she really thought about what would it be if I took you back to Pan M 65 years into the past, right? It's still campy. It still leans into like great pops of color and 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 in with a stark you know grayscale background upon Cajuns but this movie is straight up and down about how easy it is to justify fascism it is a dark downward spiraling uh villain origin story that does not try to spare anything and it's still the same kind of fantasy edge to a dystopian hellscape but this is a dystopian hellscape that a hundred percent could happen and you know given how many people out of the fundy movement have found their way into politics in the real world (laughs) it totally could happen this is a far more reasonable um version of how we end up with a new world order or rife empire ever 
And I think a lot of people get really confused by that because they were expecting more Mock and Jay type stuff. And that's not it. This is like, if you remember any of the signature songs that were in the trilogy, obviously, I you, do not. they, no, I didn't mean you specifically. I know you don't. <laughs> I just want to make it very clear that I, you just, I, you just, you just wanted to be clear. I do, do not. Look, I don't particularly, I, I always felt like people miss a, big part of the point in the Mockingjay trilogy. I always feel like a lot of people miss the fact that um, the people who were fighting, particularly out of Katniss's district, they weren't any better than the people from the Capitol in Pan Am. Um, they, were, they were doing messed up and horrible things, justifying the means. It's like, but this movie, this movie kind of takes the idea that, you know, war makes spectacles all. And it 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 turns it into a huge allegory. And the Viola Davis is absolutely diabolically, lusciously creepy in this movie. And I know a lot of black people are saying, oh yeah, well, she gets cast as the villain. And I think this is one of the times when you look at the movie that it's not about is she playing the bad guy? Or is she playing somebody that's made an uh, who's playing a nuanced character? that it personifies choices that some people make because we're not going to sit here and pretend that like all black people decide that they're going to stand for black liberation. We not, I don't, I don't live in a world where we pretend that, that that's the truth. And the way that this is just, it's creeping and insidious. And it starts out with you seeing these little two towel head blonde kids running around trying to get food and, you know, uh, in a city that's still actively being blown up. It's not just about the fact that the districts rebelled or the districts went to war against the capital, Pan Am. And it's, it's, it's about who, what, is, what does winning really look like? And people tend to forget that the Hunger Games were a thing that was created at the end of a war. It was a part of the armistice. It was a part of the ceasefire agreement between the districts and Pan Am. And it's, it's always been a power move, but it's been a power move that has a different meaning depending on which side of the equation you're looking on. So I found this to be really interesting and compelling, and it was just weird. And um, it's 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 like if you ever wanted to understand how someone can become a diabolical and despicable dis dictator who can justify. Uh, horrible amounts of mass subjugation this movie does a hell of a good job and tom blythe does a really good version of playing uh, of a younger version of president snow and you know it's not as fantastical or outside as the way people think it's like because you know castro started out as a rebel and ended up as a dictator and a lot of people like to gloss over the journey for how he got there, you know, the ways in which he got backstabbed, the ways in which, you know, he got turned around. We like to talk about really pretty and like, you know, everybody wants to paint Lincoln as this great liberator and homie was straight up a white supremacist and that never saved. So he always, the ends always justified the means as long as the ends didn't end in white death for him. You know, what, who was he willing to use? And all of those themes get played out in this fantastically fictitious world, Pan M. And it's very stark. Like, I know a lot of people who were in my screening who were who were like, I didn't like it. I I, I hate it. It's it's grim. It's dark. It's it's I, I hated what it. I was like, no, to, I... what are you supposed to? What the? 
I'm not even. Yeah. So here's the thing. I'm not even hungry. Now you're making me want to watch it because I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What what the fuck do y'all think y'all were watching? What the the Hunger Games is not supposed to be a fun, bright right. movie. Like the the way that film, the way the Hunger. Mm-hmm. I know. I've I know how the I know I've seen the film, so I know how the I know how the series ends. That is not a a fun series. What? What the fuck is wrong with people? Right, but the movie, the Mockingjay series blurs the lines and lets you have this idea, this thing that you can still hold on to, this this does amorphous it because, version. Does it though? Because they, oh. they, you end up killing, you end up killing, Katniss ends up killing the uh, old girl who is uh, supposed to be leading the rebels because she realizes, oh, wait, you're just the same as, like, that was the whole point of the fucking series! What are we doing? What are we doing? Yes, but this movie doesn't ever allow you to have that conceit. Not once. So even if you even if you say what is it the only one they're doing? Uh, as far as now, she says unless she feels inspired to actually write something else, oh, okay. she's she's like these will never be something that just gets spun off. But this no, is an but, adaptation of this is a true this is a village a real villain origin story. But this you, is a, but not just a prequel to. The Mockingjay series. This is a straight up. How did President Snow end up being President Snow but, origin story? Like, and it is a delicious descent into fucked just, up villainy. I'm just, I'm just confused because I'm like, but you know the film is about the villain, so like you kind of know how it's gonna fucking end. Like it's like when you watch the Star Wars prequels and you're watching Aaron can be the chosen one but in the back of your mind you're going like but we know you end up getting burnt half your side of your face burnt and you're, you're losing your legs and you become Darth Vader right but so I know, don't think like, a lot of I mean, people hmm. I think people thought they were like oh they're going to do another catching fire it's, they're coming back to the games I was like this is the 10th annual Hunger Games this was the this was the the the, the rubber hits the road turn left or turn right version of the Hunger Games it was like we are either continuing to do this or they die here this is the games that started the trajectory of what we see once Katniss happens. So when you get Lucy Gray Baird and you see her end up as a tribute from District 12, like the first thing that she says is, well, I'm not really of District 12, but we got rounded up and that's where they put us. And then you start to have this understanding that, you know, this time period, they're still shuffling around who ends up in which districts. Now, by the time you get to Katniss, a lot of it is ethnically and racially segregated, right? But, um, you know, her people clearly are supposed to be lightly representative of um, traveling um, ballards, so travelers and other groups of people who existed in a, a world that appears to be based off at least Western civilization. So she's, uh, you know, she's a singer. She's, uh, and she comes from a, the people there, an insular group. And she's emotionally present. Um, she's, she's not pulling any punches. They're not pretending. She's like, you know, I could die here. But when you, when you dovetail her into Cornelius's journey, where, like they tell you in the synopsis, which is way too long, his family's fallen out of favor. And he's holding on to his place in society in Pan Am by sheer arrogance and a whole lot of fake in the funk. And when when the changes that happen happen to him, you know, this is the first time that he realizes 
everything that he's worked for could fall apart if he doesn't succeed because now they're doing this new thing. But you've also got this wide-eyed ingenue, people who made money and made good in the war, who've been able to move themselves into the capital, but they weren't able to move the the district mentality out of their son. So you've got that character in there. But then you've got the, you know, the naive revolutionary. They've got all the different pieces for how you end up with people ending up who they are at the end of the day and justifying it. And when I tell you that the very silent and insidious glue in all of this is Dr. Volmunia Gold, played by Viola Davis, who's clearly someone who lived through the wars and now is a part of the power structure and what her role in that power structure is. She's also fucking insane in this movie, uh, but they dress her down and she leans all the way in. The supportive cast works. The story is it. It works, man, because it's real. And I think a lot of people didn't like the fact that Songbirds and Snakes doesn't let you play pretty about how you end up in a fascist regime. Even if you have the most sympathetic bad guy, he's not living in the gray. Cornelius Snow is not an anti-hero. He's a villain. And the journey to him getting there and watching him get broken down. I think kudos to Susan Collins. I'm glad she stayed on board as uh, an executive producer. Michael Leslie and Michael Arndt did a great job on the screenplay. But I think a lot of people were expecting a lot more of the flash and the bang and the loud. And this is quiet and grim and gritty and dark and fucked up. But it's still colorful because they're still playing into the camp that is the fantasy world of Pan Am. And all of the little quippy one-liners that are a big deal at the beginning of Mockingjay, you start to see their inception and and all of it. Like I walked out of this movie and I was like, no, this is dystopia. This this is dystopia. This is how you do it. If you want to make a big huge allegory that has highs and lows and ebbs and you want to talk with nuance about evil or what the nature of evil is you want to talk about agency and choice and and getting a taste for i don't know killing people this movie never lets you escape the fact that they're having children kill each other and it was i thought it was well done it was it was i I like i stayed tipped in all the way it's far more simple than people are expecting, but I enjoy the hell out of it. Like, yeah, the ensemble was good. Zalgor was good. Uh, Tom Blythe was good. Uh, uh, who's our favorite little person? Uh, what's his name? I love him. Peter and Dinklage. his name is escaping me right now. Peter Dinklage. Dinklage. Peter Dinklage is great. He doesn't have the largest of roles, but what he brings to it has this very somber, you know, just like, that edge you get from you, someone who is well past the point of realizing <laughs> um, I'm a part of something. I helped make something that's terrible and there's no way off this ride. Francis Lawrence comes back and he directs. And I thought, it, I think that was a brilliant move to have him come back because you get the edge and the feel of what people have come to expect from a Hunger Games without it feeling like he's repeating himself from the Mockingjay trilogy. Um, I think this is a complete and utter redemption of his terrible Red Sparrow direction with Jennifer Lawrence, which also, again, makes me double down that the problem was Jennifer Lawrence. 
but yeah, I thought it was well directed. The cast uh, does a great job as an ensemble. The the soundtrack works. They played to their strengths. They know their audience. They know their demographic, and they didn't try to elevate beyond that. Um, I think that it's going mileage is going to vary for a lot of other people because this is really really staying in their dystopian uh, YA range. But um, I don't feel like they were too daunted i felt like the runtime was used properly but um if anything it's got a couple of rough transitions but i felt it worked for the the acts that they gave you and i was pleasantly surprised and i know that they're going hard in the paint to advertise this movie because you know people aren't going to the movies the way they used to but it's two hours and 37 minutes and i wasn't mad it's pg-13 there's there's monsters there's mayhem but it is absolutely 100 percent the villain villain origin story that you need especially for a franchise that there was zero reason to go back to what would you give so it out of 10? i uh, i give this an eight and a half out of ten hmm. okay. and i say that as someone who was not really that enamored of the original mockingjay trilogy i'm gonna be real if this is how they had started um i don't know if they would have gotten the big huge crash bang pal that they got out of that, but I feel like this was a far better what done series. I like they wasted less of the ensemble than they did in the other trilogies, and it's grim, it's dark, and I fucking loved it. All right, well there you guys have it. Uh, that is our uh, Ro is not only her review but her endorsement of the Hunger Games: The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So it's in theaters now. So. Um, if you're, if you're in one of those things of, I'm going to go to the theaters, go check it out. Um, if you're like me, just wait until it hits. Listen, I'm not, I'm not like, I, I'm not doing crowds. If I'm going to the movies, I'm blessed and highly favored enough to frequently be in the movie theater with less than 10 people. Like I saw Rustin by myself. Um, but I'm saying I was pleasantly surprised at what they did. So when it rolls up on you being able to watch it in your house. Press play. There you guys have it. So, uh, again, folks, uh, we got plenty more movies coming out uh, to talk about and review. So, uh, make sure you subscribe, movie trailer to reviews. Uh, find us on iTunes and Spotify or go to the site, MTR Network, and we'll be back soon with more. So, until next time, we're out of here. Peace. Peace.